We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Tuesday, February the 16th, 2021. On today's show, folks, it is finally here. Opening day just around the corner, guys. I am bringing you my official 2021 Gamecocks baseball season preview. I'll break it all down. First things first. We'll reflect on the 2020 season, talk about key losses, who's back. Also, top storylines. I'll talk about the Gamecocks pitching staff, the hitters, everything you need to know regarding Gamecocks baseball heading in this 2021 baseball season. Also, I will give my projected weekend rotation, the strengths of each guy. Also, my starting nine, my projected lineup, biggest question marks surrounding this team. 2021 season will be successful if. Give my overall predictions for 2021. Much, much more there as well, folks. I am fired up here on a Tuesday as, again, we are officially previewing and breaking down the Gamecocks 2021 baseball season with opening day just a few days away on Friday. Also, your listener questions, guys, we have a packed show especially if you're a Gamecocks baseball fan, folks. So sit back, relax, enjoy. It's all brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, Upstate Movers Group, superior moving service. They bring care and attention that their companies can't offer because they're just too busy maintaining trucks and profiting off of them instead of focusing on service. Guys, service is what separates Upstate Movers Group from the competition. They're not a trucking company, by the way. They are a moving services company, and they're also employee-owned co-op. Their movers are paid twice the industry average, and everyone on the crew is just invest in the success of the project as you are. They have dedicated professional crew members and they also offer black glove service. They offer end-to-end packing services, custom crating and packaging for special items and cleaning services as well. They're founded by Greenville Natives and University of South Carolina alumni guys, so a Gamecock-owned small business. They also offer 20 years of project management moving experience and they can offer logistics and solutions that traditional moving companies simply do not have the skills for. Guys, whether you're in the upstate or across the state of South Carolina, if you have any moving needs in 2021 be sure to check out my friends over at upstate movers group you can find them on social media at upstate movers group and of course if you have any other questions go to their website upstatemoversgroup.com that's upstatemoversgroup.com be sure to check them out and tell them chris from the spurs up show sent you let's get it
folks. What is up? Happy Tuesday. Hope you're all doing well. Oh my goodness. I'm as fired up as pumped to record a show, record a podcast as I've been in quite some time because folks, after weeks, after weeks of the position unit previews and the season preview series and all that good stuff with Gamecocks baseball, we're doing it. I'm doing it. I am breaking down, giving you guys my full preview for the Gamecocks 2021 baseball season. What a day it is as we sit here now just three days away. Three days away from opening day. We thought we'd never get this day. We thought maybe this day would never come, especially after last season it getting cut short. But now we sit here just three days away, and we're going to talk about it all, break it all down. Guys, again, thank you so much for tuning in. Also, hey, I'm really excited because we're back. We're back in the studio. I'm back from Orlando, back from Florida. I will say this, South Carolina, how dare you? You greeted me very poorly with this weather. This weather is terrible. I left the mid-80-degree weather, sunny skies, all that Florida sun. For this, it's like 40 and freezing cold in the rain. But you know what? Anyways, we're glad. I'm, I'm so happy to be back in studio, guys. I'll say this. It's fun recording shows on vacation in the hotel room, being remote. But I love the feel of the studio. I love the vibe. I, I just love the energy in here. I love the energy in the studio. And guys, again, so happy, so excited to be talking to you guys yet again here on a Tuesday. A couple of housekeeping items before we get going, by the way, guys. We haven't done this in a while. If you have not done so, take five seconds out of your day. Whether you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, whatever it is, go rate the show. Go leave five stars. Leave your thoughts, your feedback, things you like, you don't like, whatever. Also, click that subscribe button, guys. It truly does help out the podcast, helps boost up the show for maybe those that have not heard of it. So, again, rate and subscribe. Also, just to give you guys an update, like I said, we're back. We're back. We're rolling full steam ahead, guys. The podcast obviously didn't go anywhere, but the Daily Crow returns today, noon to one. We will go all the way through Friday, of course. And the normal schedule, like I said, man, we're locked in for baseball for the next three and a half months or so, four months. Um, podcast, Daily Crow, all that good stuff. And again, I've made the decision we're not going to do the game day Daily Crows like we've done with basketball in the sense for like every single baseball game because, guys, there are 53 regular season games. To do a Daily Crow pregame show for every single game, it's going to get a little bit repetitive. Now, there are going to be some special circumstances you think of when we play Clemson, when we play Texas, when they're a big series. Certainly, I, I, there will be times where we'll do it, but uh, I don't want you guys to think that we're going to do it every single game. So, again, through this week, Monday through Friday, noon to one, we resume the Daily Crow today. Really excited about that. And then going into next week, of course, we're rolling full steam ahead as normal podcast, Daily Crow, all the content. Hey, I'm even going to start writing again, guys. I'm even bringing my written content back out of the woodwork. So you've got that. Look forward to content bleeding out of the eyeballs. By the way, in case you were living under a rock on, on Monday night and did not see, the reason we're not talking basketball today. Let's go ahead and get out in front of that. The basketball game that was scheduled for tonight against Tennessee, that game has been moved to Wednesday night at 9 o'clock. I believe it has to do with COVID issues or something like that. But that game has been pushed back a day, which actually works out really well. It's like God heard me and was like, Chris, I know you just want to talk baseball. I know you want to break down the baseball season. Here you go. I'm going to give you the clean slate. I'm going to give you the opening here. We'll move the basketball game back a day. So, God, thank you for hearing my thoughts. Thank you, Universe, for opening that up for me. But overall, yeah, just want to let you guys know, that's why we're not talking basketball. We will break down that basketball game on tomorrow's show. Um, as the Gamecocks travel to Knoxville, looking to take on the Tennessee Volunteers. But that's why we're not breaking it down on this show. So again, guys, I'm fired up. I'm excited. Thank you guys so much for tuning in here on a Tuesday. It's great, like I said, to be back in South Carolina, to be back in the studio. 
And without further ado, let's go ahead and do the damn thing, folks. Let's talk Gamecocks baseball for the 2021 baseball season, the full season preview show for South Carolina baseball. Before we do that, though, let's look back on last year. Because, again, coming off of 2020, we all know the situation. Gamecocks were 12-4, and four, some up, some downs for sure, but we're right about to hit SEC play when the entire season got washed away due to the pandemic. And I remember where I was at exactly when I saw it on Twitter and got the call, and, and it was brutal. And I know it was brutal for us all. And I remember walking down there to Founders Park on that Friday. The Gamecocks were supposed to be playing Tennessee to open SEC play. And just standing, and I know this sounds crazy, but standing outside the gates, looking in the stadium, like, wow. Like, we really don't have it. We really got baseball ripped from us. And again, I think that gives us all now, and even, not that we didn't have it before, but an even greater appreciation for getting the season. An even greater, you know, I will never take a midweek game against Winthrop for granted ever again. You know what I mean? Like, I will never take any game for granted Ever again. So again, Gamecocks going off that season 12 and four. Some good things happening in ups and downs, but tough to take anything away from a COVID shortened season. You take a look at the key losses. And as we went through each position, you know, we highlighted who's back, key losses, stuff like that. But overall, for this baseball team, I look at these guys um, as your main guys in regards to the key losses for South Carolina baseball. You got to start on the bump, right? And a pitcher, Carmen Majinski, uh, obviously a first round draft pick a guy that was going to be your horse, your stud, if you will, your ace in SEC play. He's gone. Also, catcher Dallas Beaver. Uh, Noah Campbell is gone, a guy that it feels like was at South Carolina forever. Bryant Bowen, a big power bat, no longer around. Right-handed pitcher Graham Lawson, who was in the back end of that bullpen, I think would have made a, ba- a major contribution for you last year. He's no longer with you. And then right-handed pitcher TJ Shook, a guy who did really good things out of the bullpen, even started some games for you. So overall, those are the big pieces you lose. And what you notice with that is this, though, guys. You bring back a lot of good baseball players. You bring back a ton of good players. I'm going to start there with the top storylines. We're going to break it into pitching and hitting, okay, with these top storylines. So top storylines will start on the pitching side of things. I'm talking about returners, big guys, returning guys. You got that on the bump. Hey, a lot of teams around college baseball benefited from the MLB draft being shortened and guys that maybe would have went in the draft that didn't go and guys who would have went in the draft out of high school coming to college instead. The college baseball product this year, guys, is probably going to be the best we've ever seen. With all of the talent on each individual roster, it is absolutely insane. And again, the Gamecocks benefited from that as well. Thomas Farr and Brandon Jordan, you returned two of your three dudes from your weekend rotation a year ago. You remember Thomas Farr? He actually started... In the bullpen for South Carolina, you had Brett Carey, who was a starter in the weekend rotation. Thomas Farr coming off that arm injury. He was in the bullpen. He took over that Clemson series, which I think was the right move, by the way, because you look at Thomas Farr's stuff and why I'm so excited about Thomas Farr going in this season, taking over that Friday night role. Big-time stuff, guys. Electric. Fastball, 95-96, can run it to 97. Wipe-out slider, wipe-out breaking stuff. Really, really good changeup. Has the moxie, has the build. He is an absolute bulldog on the mound. He's going to take over in that Friday role. And then Brandon Jordan, a guy who, listen, I was really high on last year, has a very repeatable delivery. He's a strike thrower. He throws downhill, makes it really tough on hitters. Good breaking stuff in his own right. Really, really good changeup. Overall, the mechanics are there. And those two guys coming back, again, having those two guys to build off of is a great starting point for what is a really, really deep South Carolina pitching staff. Another big storyline going into the season. I think most teams, by the way, guys, 
I don't want fans to panic or overreact or, or anything like that because most teams have this as a storyline is the battle for the number three starter. And I'll tell you guys, I think I know who the number three starter is going to be, and that's Julian Bosnick, the lefty, a kid who's made really, really big strides. You know, last year was coming off of some arm injury, stuff like that. And I think it was like his first year off of Tommy John. This is being his second year. So he's made even a bigger jump than from last year, which he threw really, really well last year. You take a look at last year, Julian Bosnick, um, yeah, 2-0 and in four appearances, six and two-thirds innings pitched. Uh, seven strikeouts. Did have eight walks. I got to cut on it, cut down the walks from what what I've seen from him in scrimmages, inner squad stuff like that. Really, really good stuff from the left side. When's the last time the Gamecocks had a big time arm in the starting rotation? I feel like from the left side, it's been a while. But again, there's going to be an ongoing battle for that third spot in the rotation because I think there are guys that can push for it. You know, I think Julian Bosnick is going to get the nod off the jump again, the lefty, but. I look at guys like Andy Peters, Will Sanders, Mag Cotto, Jack Mahoney. There's a lot of good young talent that is going to push for that number three spot. Again, that is a great problem to have if you're South Carolina. Speaking on that and speaking on pitching depth, another big storyline for me. This is the deepest USC pitching staff since when? Again, I know I had Braden Webb on the show and Braden was giving me crap. And listen, I, I totally understand, but. My point is this. It's by far the deepest staff South Carolina's had under Mark Kingston. And it's probably the deepest staff the Gamecocks have had since 2017 when you had guys like Will Crow, Tyler Johnson, Clark Schmidt, Adam Hill, uh, Josh Reagan, guys like that. I mean, it, it, it's, it, I think it's close to that level in regards to depth. Now, production-wise, these guys have got to go out there and, and, and make their name, right? they got to go out there and do their thing. But in regards to depth you're in a great situation if you're South Carolina. And not only do you have depth, because my next storyline revolves around this, and you heard Mark Kingston talk about it, just the amount of power arms. Guys, listen, to win in the SEC, you got to have guys that throw 90-plus. And you got to have more guys that throw 95-plus. Just bottom line, that's the way baseball is now. I know, you know, listen, I'm somebody, I love Tom Glavin. I love Greg Maddox. I, I love Mike Hampton and Kevin Millwood. I know I'm listening to a lot of Braves off, obviously, but – Barry Zito, I love those kind of guys. But, man, like today's game, today's baseball, like you're not going to see a Greg Maddox. You're not going to see a Tom Glavin. You've got to be able to throw hard. Hitters are too good. And I think those first couple of years with Mark Kingston, you know, maybe last year would have been different. Obviously, the season getting cut short, we really didn't get to see it. But those first couple of years under Kingston, for sure, especially when you had his second season, the injury to Carmen Majinski. And I've made this example many times before, and I, I, I love – I love uh, Reed Morgan to death. Reed's been on my show, awesome dude, but I think he would even agree with this. When Carmen Majinski went down, and you're having to throw a guy like Reed Morgan on a Friday night who throws 88 to 89, really, really good stuff now, but he's throwing 88 miles an hour on a Friday night in the SEC, and he's facing a guy like Emerson Hancock, who's throwing 97 to 98, you just have no chance. I mean, you, you really just don't really have a chance. I, I hate to say that, but you got to have guys that have stuff. You got to have guys that throw hard. And you go down the list of names and you talk about these power arms. This is the, I don't remember the last time South Carolina had this many power arms in its pitching staff, from the starters to the relievers to the closer. I mean, everything, all the way down. South Carolina's got guys that can throw the absolute piss out of the baseball. And that's a great position to be in if you're South Carolina. Speaking of guys who throw the piss out of the baseball, and guys who do, I should say. 
the top storyline for me in the pitching staff. Who locks down the closer role? I think this role is so vital, so important. I mean, listen, you think the South Carolina 2010, 2011, they're back-to-back national titles. Where is that? Where is Gamecock baseball at without Matt Price? Probably not where they're at right now. Probably not with two national titles, to be totally honest with you. Having a guy that you can hand the baseball over to in the ninth inning and say, hey, boom, it's automatic. Done. Game's over. So crucial. Because, I mean, listen, especially with your schedule, the gauntlet that you play, you're going to be playing a lot of close baseball games. No doubt. You're going to be playing in a lot of close baseball games. So who locks down that role? Because right now, I think it's Danny Lloyd. I said that last year as well. I think it's Danny Lloyd. I think he fits that role of a true closer. The kid has the mentality. He's developed. He's gotten bigger, stronger. He throws the hell out the ball. Throws 95 miles an hour with a wipeout. And I mean a wipeout slider. If his slider is on, it's unhittable. Forget about it. Has that true fastball slider mix. A little bit of a cutter, a little bit of a changeup, but he's a fastball slider guy. Now, you have other options if he struggles. A guy like Brett Carey. We all know about Brett Carey. The, the ultimate stopper, if you will. I love him in that eighth inning role, but again, if Danny Lloyd struggles, you can put him in the ninth. And what about a guy like Will Sanders? What about some of these younger guys? What about guys I haven't even mentioned, like Parker Coyne, Cam Tringali? Guys who had huge impacts for you last year. John Gilry. But again, I think it really comes down to Danny Lloyd and Brett Carey. Who's going to lock down that closer role? Because again, these first couple of weeks, and it's funny I say this because I say, oh yeah, these first couple of weeks are about kind of figuring out who you are and finding out who your dudes are. Well, no, no, no. You got Clemson the second weekend. You got Texas. You got Mercer. You don't have time to just, oh, let's just get our feet wet and kind of figure out who we are. (laughs) You better have that shit figured out. But again, I'm, I'm just curious to see, can Danny Lloyd be that guy? Can he lock down the closer role once and for all and be the next great Gamecocks hurler in the ninth inning? Another fun storyline for me, by the way, guys, on the pitching side of things. You know, obviously, I was a left-handed pitcher. I got a thing for the lefties, obviously. And you look at a guy like Mag Cotto, who, again, throws the absolute hell out the ball from the left side, 94-95, really, really great stuff. I think this might be the first time the Gamecocks have a power lefty since Tyler Webb. I mean, it's been that long. It's been that long for South Carolina baseball. And you finally have some depth in regards to left-handed options. You know, for a while, there was only one guy. It was John Gilreath. You only had one dude. And with all due respect to John, you need more than one guy. So having those lefties, having a power lefty, having true power lefties in your staff, so crucial, so big for this team. Final one with the pitchers. Final top storyline with the pitching staff. I just have a fun question. You know, you have so many talented young arms. I wonder which young arm breaks out first. You know, which one is the first one to really establish themselves? It's like, I'm here. I'm on this stage. It's my moment. Which guy is that going to be? Is it Will Sanders? You know, I'm very high on a guy like Will Sanders. Very high on Sanders. A guy who gets, you know, Mark Kingston said, he gets better and better and better with each time he takes the mound. Guy who throws very hard, has the build, six foot seven. Mark Kingston thinks he'll throw 100 one day. Travis Loonsman, another guy, six foot seven, six foot eight. Mag Cotto, Jack Mahoney. Which one of these young guys breaks out first and kind of becomes a dude for South Carolina and somebody that they can depend on? All right, let's move to the hitting side of things. Top storylines for the hitters. And I'll start with this, and it feels so good to say this. 
and I, I don't want to put the cart ahead of the horse because I know there's questions and stuff like that, but when I look at this lineup, and I'm going to give you guys my projected starting lineup, my projected starting nine and starting lineup in just a second, but I smile because this reminds me of a traditional USC lineup. And I will say that's the one thing about Kingston I've loved since the jump. He has embraced the culture and the personality of Gamecock baseball. Hey, Gamecock baseball, we hit bombs. It's about power. We're a power team. We're a bunch of sluggers. And this year's team, honestly, guys, looking at it is no different. Now, you do have a nice mix of speed, especially I'm going to talk about these guys in just a second, especially if you have a couple of guys that can start swinging it a little bit better. You know, because the biggest thing is this. They're going to put the nine best hitters in that lineup, bottom line. You have to. You have to. It's an offensive game now. You have to put the nine best hitters in the lineup. But this truly does remind me of a traditional USC lineup, like a bunch of sluggers, bunch of sluggers, bunch of guys that should be in double-digit home runs and a bunch of guys who should strike fear into the opposing pitchers every single time they take the field. That's what I see from this lineup. Another top storyline for me, we've got to talk about him, Wes Clark, his return. What does Wes Clark have in store this year, guys? Just to remind you really quickly, this was Wes Clark's stats 16 games in a year ago when the season got called. Wes Clark was hitting 286 in 56 at-bats. He had eight home runs with 22 RBIs and a 714 slugging percentage. And by the way, just 15 strikeouts, not bad. 406 on-base percentage. What does Wes Clark have in store this year? I mean, listen, I, I, I've talked about it a lot when I did the position unit preview and talked first baseman, and I think Wes is going to be a guy who's going to find himself in that DH role this year for Carolina. But this is a dude, in my opinion, guys, that can be, I mean, double-digit home run guy is, is an insult. Of course he's a double-digit home run guy. He might go to hit 20 bombs. I, I'm not even joking. At least 15. At least, I think he could lead the SEC in home runs yet again. Again, was the SEC leader when the season was called with eight. There's 16 games. This guy had eight. There's 53 games in the normal the regular season schedule. What does Wes Clark have in store for an encore? And here's the scary part, folks. How much better has he gotten since last year? He's not going to be the same player he was last year. He's gotten better. How much better can he be? Next storyline for me, and I've talked about this guy a lot, and I'm really excited to see what he does. Number seven this year for Carolina, Brennan Malone. Just what can a healthy Brennan Malone do? What type of impact can a healthy Brennan Malone have on this lineup? Again, you guys probably saw the video I posted in the last scrimmage for South Carolina. He hit an absolute bombski to close out spring scrimmages. I mean, an absolute tank over the left field wall hitting his stride at the perfect time. This is a dude Mark Kingston talked about last year that, hey, if he was healthy, he cost us three or four wins not being in the lineup. That's saying a lot. That is high praise. Brennan Malone, finally healthy, feels good about his swing, confident in where his game is at. Mm -mm. What can a healthy Brennan Malone do for South Carolina baseball? And the top storyline for me, simply this, who's your leadoff guy? Who is your leadoff guy? You know, I, I think you have 
multiple options when it comes to Noah Myers, Braylon Wimmer, Brandon Fields even, Brady Allen. You know, maybe maybe a Jeff Heinrich, maybe a George Khalil. Maybe you slide him up there. Maybe you slide him up there. Who is your leadoff guy? That is another role that's got to be figured out. Who's going to be the tone setter? Because, again, you guys are about to hear my projected lineup, and you might be surprised who I have in that one slot. But you got to get that figured out. Because, again, South Carolina last year, last couple years have really struggled to find that dude day in, day out they could depend on. There are pros and cons to each guy that I think could be that. You know, I think of a guy like Brady Allen. He jumps off to me. And a guy that, hey, tough at bat every time he steps in the box. Can work a pitcher. Feels like it's 3-2 every time Brady Allen steps up. I think he's a guy who could do it for you. You know, I look at another guy like Braylon Wimmer. Great speed. Noah Myers, great speed. If Brandon Fields could find a way to hit, great speed. Who's that guy going to be for South Carolina? Another big storyline for me. I'm mentioning speed. The question's this. With guys like Myers, Wimmer, Fields, can the speed guys hit enough to be in the lineup? Because, listen, you're going to put the best nine in there. The best nine hitters are going to play. Can your speed guys that I mentioned, can they hit enough for you? And a guy like Noah Myers, that's a dude who should hit 250 with his legs alone. And what I mean by that is this. If he puts the ball in play on the ground, he's going to hit 250. That's how fast he is. Bottom line. You don't need your, your leadoff guy to hit 20 homers. You don't. You need to find a guy who wants to embrace being in that role. Who's a, who's a threat, obviously, but embrace being in that role, work counts, frustrate pitchers, and find ways to get on base. That is your number one objective, whether that's via the bunt, whether that's a single, double, triple, whatever, whether it's a walk, whatever that is, you've just got to find the guy who's going to embrace that role. And again, you've got speed guys who can do it. Can they hit enough? Can they hit enough to capture a spot in the lineup? Last top storyline here when it comes to the hitters. Overall, we're talking, I want to talk the maturity of the USC lineup. Because there's a lot of guys in this lineup that have played big baseball games for you. I think this is an overall mature lineup. Listen, there's some question marks. You'll hear later when I talk about the biggest questions for this team. You know, the the lack of SEC innings, the lack of SEC at-bats. But you go down this list, I feel really good about the, the overall, the veteran presence and the leadership in this lineup. You feel good about the veteran presence in this lineup and the leadership overall. I love the maturity of the lineup, guys. I, I'm excited for this Gamecocks lineup. I don't think it's a lineup you're going to see slump very often because you have guys who've been there, done that, can pick it up, can keep these guys going. So, very excited for that as well. Guys, let's go ahead and move into projections in regards to rotation, starting nine, lineup. Let's start with the weekend rotation. And by the time you're hearing this, this may actually have already been released because the last scrimmage obviously was yesterday. I'd imagine Mark Kingston is going to release this today. So, we'll see how close I get to it. But without further ado, this is my starting rotation, what I am projecting 
for Gamecocks baseball in 2021. Friday night, no-brainer. I think it's Thomas Farr. Thomas Farr, I think, is the best Friday night guy in the SEC you've never heard of. Features 95 to 96, can bump the 97, like I mentioned earlier. Great breaking stuff. A guy who's going to be who's going to get drafted in the first couple of rounds has phenomenal stuff. I mean, this dude has some nasty shit, bottom line. He has the type of stuff you have to have to compete on Friday nights in the SEC. Saturday, Brandon Jordan. Again, I gave my spiel on him. I feel really, really good about Brandon Jordan. Think he can compete with any Saturday guy in the SEC. And then on Sunday, Julian Bosnick, the lefty. I do think Bosnick is going to be the first guy they roll out of the gate, getting the lefty in the weekend rotation. They really like his stuff. He's had a really good fall and spring. Mixes it up well. Is a guy who has a really deceptive delivery, by the way. Really, really great changeup. Keeps hitters off balance. Keeps hitters off balance constantly. And gives you that, that nice mix-up between righty and lefty. But right now, I see your weaker notation as such. Friday, Thomas Farr. Saturday, Brandon Jordan. And Sunday, Julian Bosnick. Now, for the midweek, I, I, will, I, I didn't project midweeks last year. And you're only going to play one midweek game each week. But this is kind of what I see. For your midweek, I see this. I think these are the guys you're going to see start games. Will Sanders, Mag Cotto, Jack Mahoney, Andy Peters. I think it's going to be a mix of those guys. And Mark Kingston even said, you know, one week we might start Sanders. The next we might start Cotto. The next we, we might start Mahoney. Hey, some weeks we might do Johnny Holstaff just to get guys innings and keep them fresh. But I think that's going to be the guys you're going to see first get the start. Sanders, Cotto, Mahoney, Peters especially guys like Sanders and Cotto and Mahoney. I think those guys have a chance. If any of the starting three in that rotation slip, especially Bosnick in the Sunday role, as I mentioned earlier, it would not shock me at all to see a guy like Will Sanders get a start on the weekend. I mean, I would almost bank on it at this point that I think Will Sanders will get a start on the weekend at some point. Guys, let's go down the starting nine. My projected starting nine for Gamecocks baseball. We will start at the catcher position. And I'm just going to go down this list. Catcher Colin Burgess, going around the diamond, first baseman David Mendham, second baseman Jeff Heinrich, shortstop George Khalil, third baseman Brennan Malone, left fielder Andrew Eister, center fielder Braylon Wimmer, and right fielder Brady Allen. I'll go ahead and dive my projected lineup as well, and then we'll break down some of the questions I'm sure you guys have in regards to guys that are starting and where they're at in the lineup. My projected lineup is as such. <clears throat> Center fielder Braylon Wimmer leading off in the two-hole, left fielder Brady Allen, in the three-hole third baseman Brendan Malone, cleanup DH West Clark, in the five-hole right fielder Andrew Eister, in the six-hole first baseman David Mendham, in the seven-hole second baseman Jeff Heinrich, in the eight-hole catcher Colin Burgess, and in the nine-hole shortstop George Khalil. Now, that is my projected lineup. Let's back up just a little bit, though, because I'm sure a lot of you have questions. Yes, in center field, starting off, I have Braylon Wimmer. Guys, watching this dude at scrimmages and inner squads, he has looked fantastic out there. And out of the options you have in Wimmer, Myers, Fields, Wimmer's by far swinging to the best, in my opinion. Now, again, wouldn't shock me at all to see Myers get out there. He's been swinging a little bit better going to the end of uh, spring scrimmages and stuff like that. But I, I think Wimmer, they really like Wimmer from what I've heard in center field. I put Braylon Wimmer as the starting center fielder and as your leadoff guy. Again, a kid who has made a huge jump since last year. Gives you really, really tough ABs. Covers the play extremely well. Again, has that speed we talked about. 
and the range in center field, guys, it speaks for itself. Again, like I said, going down the lineup, Brady out in the two-hole, I think it's a no-brainer. Gives you tough ABs at the top of the lineup. Brennan Malone in the three, I think he's your overall best hitter. Your, that, that, the guy you put in the three-hole, guys, remember Christian Walker? It's your, it's your most well-rounded hitter, your best hitter overall. That's Brennan Malone, in my opinion. Obviously, your power guy, Wes Clark, in the four-hole, in the DH role, I think that's where he'll spend the majority of the season. That's a no-brainer. Andrew Eister in the five, no-brainer. He's going to have a huge year. David Mendham at first base. This might be a name you guys are not familiar with. David Mendham, the Juco transfer, big-time lefty. And I'm not saying he's going to have this type of production, but he gives me Justin Smoke vibes. Like, it is unreal, guys. This guy gives me Justin Smoke vibes like you would not believe. Would not believe. But again, a really nice left-handed bat for South Carolina as well. Has, has swung it extremely well in the spring. I think it's going to be a nice stick for Carolina. Jeff Heinrich in the seven, pretty much expected. He gives you good at-bats down there. Colin Burgess gives you really good at-bats in the eight. And again, the catcher position, certainly one to keep an eye on. Because outside of Colin Burgess, it's Wes Clark and then just a bunch of guys. So Colin Burgess, him staying healthy, we've talked about before, that is, that is priority number one. And then at shortstop, you've got George Khalil in the nine hole, which again, Georgie, his biggest thing is swinging a bat. He's been swinging it better from what I've heard. Again, I talked about before with his uh, the position to preview. If, if he can hit 265 for you, you'll take that every single day of the week. So, overall, that's my projected lineup. One more time, center fielder Braylon Wimmer, left fielder Brady Allen, third baseman Brennan Malone, D.H. West Clark, right fielder Andrew Eister, first baseman David Mendham, second baseman Jeff Heinrich, catcher Colin Burgess, and shortstop George Khalil. All right, let's move into... Some fun stuff. The biggest question surrounding this team is blank. And for me, it is very, very simple. The biggest question surrounding this team in 2021 is, can this team handle the SEC gauntlet? Can it handle this gauntlet of a schedule? Really? Because you take a look in the non-conference. You've got Clemson. You've got Texas. You've got Mercer, who's a really good team. I mean, <laughs> that enough said. You got Dayton. Not going to be a pushover in the opening weekend. And then you dive into SEC play at Vandy, home to Florida. I mean, there, there's no team in the conference who has a tougher starting trek than Carolina does. That first month, we're going to know after the first month of the season what type of baseball team this is. And I will say the one question mark I have with this group is this. There is a lack of SEC experience. There is a lack of SEC innings when it comes to this team. There's certainly a lack of SEC experience. A ton of the guys you're going to be depending on, whether it be on the pitching staff or even in the lineup, a lot of them don't have it. You know, hey, yeah, nobody in your weekend rotation has ever thrown an SEC inning. Nobody. That can be scary. Now, I will say this to Gamecock fans. If you have stuff, you have stuff. If you can ball, you can ball. And that's how I feel about this team. But that, to me, is the biggest question surrounding this baseball team. Are they ready for the SEC gauntlet? Are they ready for this gauntlet of a schedule? And for, again, some young guys to really come into their own and step up and not just be big-time ball players, be big-time SEC ball players. Because from the guys I've had on the show, you guys have heard, it's a major, major jump, no question. 
All right, let's move into 2021 season. We'll be successful if. What will make a successful season in 2021? I'm sure a lot of you are screaming, Omaha, Omaha. Sound like Peyton Manning. No. We all understand the expectation. We all understand the standard. It's a shame last year got taken away because I think South Carolina baseball was just hitting its stride and would have been a postseason team. And once you get to the postseason, it's a total crapshoot, right? Like anything can happen. But for me, with this team, this roster, this group of guys, this this nucleus you have coming back, the 2021 season will be a success if this team makes the Super Regionals. I think this team is good enough to make the Super Regionals. Because, again, for Carolina baseball, once you get to the postseason and you get to a regional, it's been there, done that. All bets are off. Carolina baseball knows how to win in the postseason. We all know that. So, again, I think getting through the regional round, getting back to the Super Regionals, I think that's the type of team that you do have. I think that's the type of team that you have. So, again, 2021 season for me will be a success if this team makes the Super Regionals. Now, anything beyond that, Omaha, obviously, hey, you had a great year. If you made Omaha, you had a great year. I don't care which team you are. But making the Super Regionals, this team is good enough to make it that far. And I think the season will be a success if they do so. All right, hey, let's move into it. Let's call it predictions for 2021. (laughs) Let's move into it. You know, I feel, I find myself in a very similar position how I feel about this team as I felt to last year. Record-wise. Because here's the thing. I think this year's team is better than last year's. But it's hard not to take this schedule into consideration. And I'm not saying going in this season or go into the season with a, you know, a built-in excuse or anything like that. I am certainly not saying that. Certainly not saying that. Okay. But this schedule's legit. This schedule's for real. Because I was thinking to myself, you know, I think this is going to be a 15 and 15 or 16 and 14 ball club in SEC play. I really do. Which, by the way, Carolina fans, if you go 500 or better in SEC play, you're a damn good baseball team. No question. You're a damn good baseball team. But I was like, okay, it'll be a 37, 38, maybe 39 win ball club. But then I started thinking, I'm like, is South Carolina really only going to lose three games in non-conference? Or, or one or two games in, excuse that's what I meant, one or two games in non-conference? That would mean you sweep a Clemson, you take two of three from a Texas, you sweep a Dayton, you sweep a Mercer. Is that the type of team this is? I think this is a really, really good baseball team. Do not get me wrong. But to think that this team is only going to lose one or two non-conference games, I mean, you play 20 of them. You play 23 of them, excuse me, because you play 30 SEC games and 23 non-conference, 53 total. You play 23 non-conference games. Are you telling me you're only going to lose two? So overall, I see this being a 35 or 36 win ball club, something like 35 and 18, 36 and 17, and going 15 and 15 or 16 and 14 in the SEC. Which I think, again, is definitely going to be good enough to get you in the postseason. I think you will make the postseason. Will you host? I don't know. Maybe. But you'll make the postseason. I think you do 
make the Super Regionals. I think this baseball team, I, I love the mix in the lineup. You've got power. You've got speed. You've got veteran guys. You've got new guys who've got a chip on their shoulder. And in this pitching staff, like I said, guys, it is as deep as it's been in a long, long time for Carolina baseball. I mean, this is a deep pitching staff. You've got legit dudes in this pitching staff. I love South Carolina to make the Super Regionals in 2021. I, I think this is a Super Regional type of ball club. Um, and again, I, I think the sky's the limit for these guys. Again, you have questions to answer. You have guys that need to answer the bell a bit, if you will. You've got guys that need to come into their own and become big-time contributors. But you have the dudes. There's no other way to put it. You have the dudes. I like this team a lot in a very, very, very competitive SEC. The best conference in college baseball by far. I mean, it's insane. I saw a projection. Somebody said they had all seven teams from the SEC West making the postseason, guys. That's how good this league is. You might have 12 or 14 teams make the postseason. That's how good the SEC is. I think South Carolina will come out of it, though, again, 15 and 15 or 16 and 14 in the league, about a 35 or 36 win ball club. And I see this being a super regional team. I think this team will make the supers. I think you have it there, the mix of pitching, hitting, defense. I think you've got it all. Mark it down right now. Chris says the Gamecocks will be in the super regionals come June of this year. So again, that's my predictions. That's my projections. And that is my breakdown for Gamecocks baseball in 2021. Guys, a couple of questions and we'll wrap it up. Um, Brendan underscore Smith 47 says, will we go better than 15 and 15 in the SEC? I, I say right at it or maybe a game better. I think this team's going to float around 500. And again, it's not because they're not a good ball club, but it's because the SEC is a gauntlet, man. It is a gauntlet weekend in, weekend out. I think they'll be right at that number. Last question, D. Rose Ford. We're going back to basketball here. Do you think all guys will return for basketball next year? No, I do not think A.J. Lawson back. Why would A.J. Lawson come back? I, I don't know what else he can do in college to improve his draft stock. I don't think he'll be back next year. As for the rest of them, I have no idea. I think you'll return a, a, a fair amount of guys, but all of them, no. No, you're going to have guys leave, no question. You're going to have guys leave, so – Again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for the questions. Thank you for everything. As you can tell, like I said, I'm fired up. I'm excited. Three days, three days until first pitch at Founders Park. Cannot wait, guys. And again, that's it. That's it. Put a bow in it. The 2021 Count of Baseball preview show is officially complete. I will have a full series preview on Thursday. Gamecocks taking on Dayton this weekend as they kick off the 2021 baseball season, guys. Great stuff today. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.